This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9 at 7.05 a.m. on Friday, the 3rd of March. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. And just Wong Xiaoning, it is the two ladies show today. It's <laughs> <laughs> just getting ready to mention who There's, the next Don't forget anchor. our producer, Sim Boon. That's right, Sim yeah. Boon giving the peace sign in studio. Uh, well, in half an hour, we're going to discuss what Elon Musk has planned for Tesla. We'll go and world th- domination. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll go through what his announcements were on Investor Day this week. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. So it's a pretty good day in the United States all the markets were up, so the Dow was up 1%, S&P 500 up 0.8%, and NASDAQ was up 0.7%. Not so great in Asia, though. Nikkei 225 down 0.1%, Hang Seng down 0.9%, Shanghai pretty much flat, down just marginally by 0.05%, Singapore Straits Times down 0.6%, and of course, because every other market is down, we must be up. The FBMKLCI was up 0.4%. When everybody goes zig, we go zag. Well, for more thoughts, on what's moving international markets. We have on the line with us Clifford Bennett, Chief Economist at ACY Securities. Clifford, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. Let's start with um, how Australia is doing. Australia's fourth quarter grew at 0.5% below market expectations and driven by slower housing spending. Is consumer sentiment being affected by the rate hikes from the RBA? And what's your take on how retail sales might perform this quarter? Uh, Good morning, and thanks for being on your show. And it's always good to be an individual with your stock market. Um, (laughs) The the Australian outlook is not that good. Um, We've been saying that a few times on your show. And it, you know, as you point out, GDP number fourth quarter was much lower than expected. And it was a softening process, actually, that looks rather entrenched. Uh, and when we speak of consumer confidence, consumer confidence in Australia at the moment is pretty much about the lowest it's ever been. I think around 1990, it was previously lower than this. It's currently at about the same level as when there were total lockdowns in Australia. So given that the economy has been fully open for a while, we've had some positive growth. Clearly, consumers are concerned, and it is those interest rates. But it's not just the interest rates. You know, it's because of all the stimulus measures during COVID that brought forward out of the future, that future being now, brought forward back to then in in 21, uh, coming out of COVID, we saw that boom. And that was because of all the stimulus, the near zero interest rates, sucking what would have been normal economic um, activity in the future into those one or two years. And now we're in a kind of free fall scenario uh, where there isn't. Things are slowing. I mean, both services and manufacturing PMIs in Australia are both in contraction. So, you know, I do think the higher interest rates coming on top of all of that is certainly a bad omen. Okay, but Clifford, I had you know I read a, a Bloomberg survey which uh, showed that in the past one in four uh, economists surveyed expected Australia to fall into into a recession, but now it's one in three. Which camp are you in? Oh well, I was calling a recession when it was one in one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> You're like our market. Or you one stand in one thousand. I remember I called it the surprise recession we were going to have about six nine months ago. 
uh, and everyone thought I was nuts. Um, so I'm firmly, firmly in that camp. I've kind of led that charge, actually, uh, because I saw that process of how the COVID stimulus and keeping interest rates near zero for way too long had mm. created the potential roller coaster economy that is now Australia. So, no, I'm definitely in the recession uh you know, camp. And I do think we're going to have, if we don't have a recession, we're going to have below trend, near zero, occasional positive, occasional negative throughout this year. In fact, there is a chance the first quarter number this year could already be a negative GDP outcome. But Clifford, does the reopening of China change that narrative? Because you would expect Australian exports to do much better, especially your commodity-led economy. Uh, Yes, to do much better if our uh, economic neighbourhood is doing better, if the global economy is doing better, but not necessarily based on the Australian domestic economy. And we did see that in the latest trade data, as you're pointing out. Um, Exports were up uh, 1.1%, I think it was, while imports fell about 4%. So that rise in exports, yes, has something to do with China, Uh, And China's reopening looks to be very much on a a firm footing now. And that will help Australia's exports. And we have to remember that the Australian economy was saved from recession during the GFC by China and the rest of Asia doing better than the US and Europe were doing. And that's what rescued the Australian economy back then. It wasn't so much uh, that we were very clever here. It was more that other economies in Asia were being well managed and, you know, we had our export sector was growing by 16%, but New South Wales and Victoria actually had recessions. So I think this time around, China is going to support our economy, but not to the same degree. And the economy is in a far different domestic state of flux uh, than it was at that time. Well, still sticking on China, we do see that their official manufacturing PMI rose to 52.6 in February. That's a high not seen since April 2012. Are you bullish on China or do you see them hitting the same headwinds that are hitting other parts of the world like the US and the EU? I'm bullish on China, but perhaps not to the same extent that some people had expected on the reopening. I think the whole COVID trauma of the last couple of years and uh, the reopening now All of that period has masked what I think was already underway, which was a longer-term historic resetting of the Chinese economy to growth rates still above the West, but more akin to the West. So if you like that boom growth period from agrarian society to consumer society, that had completed itself largely. It's not totally complete, but largely so. Um, and therefore growth rates were going to slow. So China's growth will remain robust, but when by no means returning to those previous boom periods. So I just I would temper expectations on China just a little bit on that basis, but certainly firm, modest growth would be the outlook. Okay, it sounds like you're rather downbeat um, or a little bit more cautious when it comes to global growth. What does this then mean for global markets, especially equities, where uh, where should we park our money? We're going through a period of slower growth. It's it's a challenging question, and I I do still caution people about the outlook for particularly the economies and stock markets of the West. So this global slowdown last year. There were lockdowns in China, but the global slowdown last year was largely driven by the United States and Europe. 
Uh, and we're continuing to see a little bit of that, although suddenly Europe seems to be stabilizing better than perhaps the US economy is. So there is stabilization there, but I still see a cautious outlook, if not negative outlook, on the Western economic situation. And global trade overall is slowing as people become cautious. This means that equity markets, particularly the US market, it's probably heavily overpriced at this point. Um, because, you know, the US could easily have a recession this year as well. And if not, we've had some momentary blips in, in the month of January, but I don't see those being sustained. Uh, so we're going to have very below trend economic growth in the US through this year. And the Federal Reserve is still going to be hiking interest rates rather aggressively. I, I think the Federal Reserve will hike another four to eight times at 25 points. Um, so a lot higher to go in an economy that's somehow seemingly resilient at the moment, but with further rate hikes, it will be in trouble. And that is not fully priced by the stock market at this point. Let's end um, with a look at commodity or precious metals. Um, gold closed 5.6% down for February, while silver had its worst month since 2020, ending nearly 12% lower last month. Why have these prices plummeted, Clifford? Well, I think it's been part of a little bit of, there was that risk-off period of deleveraging, but also when that US dollar began to turn around and bounce strongly, that really drove these commodity prices lower for a period of time. I do see gold, though, starting to stabilise rather nicely here. Not so much silver, interestingly enough, but the price action of gold looks very good. In fact, I wanted to buy it before your show myself. I'm buying gold, but I thought that would be inappropriate. So first thing <laughs> after your show, <laughs> after I've said it publicly, I'm going to be buying some gold actually for a possible medium term swing back up to the upside. Clifford, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Clifford Bennett, Chief Economist at ACY Securities, talking to us about some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead on his way to buy gold after speaking to us. Yeah, um, but um, he's clearly in the camp that Australia is heading for a recession. Global growth is slowing, so it's going to be challenging in terms of finding where the bright spots are to put uh, money. And a company, I think, that's also giving a bit of a bleaker outlook is, of course, Dell, the big PC makers. So they posted a smaller than expected fall in their fourth quarter revenue. And so the numbers were okay, but it's their guidance which I think is spooking markets a little bit. So their share price is down after market hours. But nonetheless, if you look at the results, trading fell 11% to $25 billion. Adjusted earnings were $1.80. Net income came in at $614 million. And like I say, better than street expectations. Uh, but rising borrowing costs and lower consumer spending have hit Dell's growth. So if um, we look back in early February, Dell said it was cutting over 6,000 jobs to reduce costs and ride out the demand downturn wrought by high inflation and rising interest rates. The company took a related charge of $367 million in the fourth quarter. Uh, CFO Tom Sweet said that he expects first quarter revenue to be down 15 to 21% on year, seasonally lower than average. So really, uh, even though they did better than expected for the past quarter, the future quarters aren't looking 
rosy either. Yeah, so 11 buys, 8 holes, uh, no sales. Consensus target price, 49 US dollars. Last time price during regular market hours was down 27 cents to 40 US dollars and 17 cents. Let's take a look at Costco because this is always an interesting barometer on how consumer sentiment in the US is doing. Costco missed Wall Street expectations for its second quarter revenue. Consumers are starting to restrict their spending on discretionary items amid persistently high inflation. Total revenue was about $55.3 billion. What the street was estimating was $55.5 billion. So just a shy lower. Um, but net income attributed to Costco rose to $1.47 billion or $3.30 per share. Okay, so the Costco model is a membership one. You sign up and then you get to go to this huge warehouses, which I have ne- personally never been. I think been. you'd love it, Shawning. It's like yeah, a I, wonderland. I, I do like supermarket shopping. I do like cooking. So yeah, you can imagine. Um, and basically, you buy items in bulk. And the market, actually, the demographic is mid to high end. Now, so what have the results told us? That basically, there is a slowdown in the demand for big ticket discretionary items, such as electronics and jewellery, clearly indicating that inflation is beginning to hit. People aren't feeling so so rich because these are discretionary items, right? Um, and so higher interest rates and surging food prices have caused consumers to switch to really what are essentials. Now, the other thing is they didn't increase their membership prices, which yet. they're supposed to, yet. So the management has come out to say, it's not a question of will they, but when. 25 buys, 13 holes, no sales. Consensus target price for this stock, 549 US dollars. Last time price during regular market hours, it was up $7 to 485 US dollars All right, we're coming up to 7.19am, heading into some messages. But when we come back, we'll continue to cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.